0: Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Today is VBPH Sunday, where we feature a message that was recently preached from the pulpit of our church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You'll hear from Pastor Adam Dragoon and any other visiting preachers who have come through our church. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support world evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: Praise God. Let's open up our Bibles. Acts chapter 8, if you'd join us. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8. So before we begin tonight, I want to ask this question. How many of you have been baptized in water? How many of you have been, hands up, if you've been baptized in water as a sign of your faith? Okay, hands down. If you did not raise your hand, which means you haven't been baptized, and raise it up right now so I can see it. Okay, this is for you tonight. And so I want to encourage you tonight Uh, About water baptism and I want to share with you what it means and so especially the three of you that your name is on the list for tomorrow I want to ask you to do something uh, Just pay attention tonight and maybe maybe for the rest of you uh, whose names are not on the list, but you haven't been baptized yet maybe uh, Maybe God would inspire you this evening and so Acts chapter 8. This is a um, a this is a message, uh, or a scripture rather, that I preached a message from uh, a few weeks back, but uh, was inspired as I was reading, reading that, and, uh, and I was, as I was down preaching in Florida, and uh, preached this message as well, and there, there's some amazing truth here about the, about the, uh, the eunuch that was saved, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, and uh, we're going to read that scripture, but I want to begin right here, so I want you to, to pay attention. For just a few moments tonight if you're married typically here in the West we wear a wedding ring on the left hand ring finger right a wedding ring is an outward sign that a person is married is that true and so um, does the wedding ring itself uh, mean that everything is perfect in the marriage no it's simply an outward sign of something that is already happening. In the same way, today we're, we're thinking about our military members and those who have been lost in battle. But in the same way, a military uniform is an outward sign that someone is involved in a particular branch of service. Is that right? It's an outward sign of an inward commitment that has already been made. The papers have been signed and so that's why military members wear a uniform in a similar way This is how we ought to treat water baptism water baptism is a profound symbol that was designed by God to identify someone as a disciple of Jesus Christ it is primarily an outward sign of an inward miracle that God is already doing in your heart. But the, when we talk about a symbol tonight, that is, should be used with some caution. Because water baptism, while it is a symbol, it points us, it's a sign that points us to a deeper truth. It is far more than that. There is a depth and there is a beauty about water baptism that we want to explore a little bit tonight and I want those who are not baptized to consider with me uh, this question what hinders me from being baptized Acts chapter 8 verse 35 again this story of the Ethiopian eunuch it's an amazing story about God's care and concern for one person on the road back to Ethiopia says these words Philip opened his mouth and beginning At this scripture preached Jesus to him now as they went down the road they came to some water and the eunuch said see here is water what hinders me from being baptized then Philip said if you believe with all your heart you may and he answered and said I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God right there we see the only requirement that is necessary for water baptism So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord, we come by the blood of Jesus once again. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and I thank you for the miracle of new life in Christ. Thank you for transformation. I thank you, Lord, for those who are being born again into your kingdom. And I'm praying, Lord, tonight that we would seal that. That your stamp of approval would be upon those decisions and that the sign of that approval Lord is in this water baptism we're praying God that you would as a church that you would give us a special uh, unique care and concern for those who have made this decision to be baptized in water we give you glory in Jesus mighty name God's people would say amen tonight let me begin right here water baptism is important it is important it is not something that we should overlook or that should be overshadowed by other things now we understand tonight how important salvation is right we wouldn't be baptizing in water unless first people were being saved and so uh, yes of course uh, that salvation is is primary it is the first response it is our it is it is how God brings us to the point of salvation it's a miracle But so often as you're reading the Bible, and you you can't say you're a student of the Bible without also saying how important baptism is, how prominent it features alongside with salvation. Let's consider some scriptures. This command is, is included in the great commission that Jesus gave to His church. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. So you see, right there, at the very beginning, connected, linked forever is the idea. Make disciples, baptizing them. And you're going to see that same formula over and over again in the New Testament. Mark 16, verse 16. He who believes... And is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, I'm preaching this primarily because there is a group of Christians, and uh, there, there, there have been over the years uh, certain church organizations and certain movements within the Christian church that have kind of diminished the idea of water baptism. Uh, because the idea is, yeah, we, we don't want to put too much pressure on people. Yeah, you know, we, we want just people to come in and fill the church seats and have a good time. You know, all this water baptism, it's, it, it, it's nice if somebody wants to do that, but we're not going to push it. And I want to say tonight that that is not a scriptural point of view. When we look at, the, at at the Bible, at the New Testament especially, these two events are linked together and they're not just casually linked together. But water baptism is something that should be urgent for the brand new believer. It should be priority number one. It should be first base before we get to second base, before we get to third base, before we go around for a home run. This is our first act of obedience as a believer. And so we cannot say to ourselves tonight that I'm serious about following Jesus if you're not serious about being baptized in water first the first example we have of this is of course our Lord and Savior who himself thought it was important to be baptized in water and again here we have uh, the idea that if there's anybody in the world in all of history who probably didn't need to be baptized It was Jesus, right? Like, He was perfect. He never sinned. He didn't need a ritual cleansing. He didn't need to to take a dip in the water. And yet, He chose to set this example for all of His followers in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus came from Galilee to John, His cousin, at the Jordan to be baptized by Him. John tried to prevent Him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to Me. And Jesus answered him and said, Permit it to be so for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, watch this, Jesus came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom... I am well pleased. We have this amazing account of, the, uh, of all, all persons within the Holy Trinity active and moving in the same moment. Jesus being baptized. The Holy Spirit descending like a dove. The voice of the Father speaking to all who were present. And all of it is happening when? When Jesus is being baptized in water. It tells us something. That there is something very important. About This decision when Peter opened up and began the the church in the book of Acts chapter 2 the day of Pentecost Which is about to take place uh, here on our calendar. I believe that's next week is the day of Pentecost And uh, on that day as he's preaching he's preaching salvation. He's preaching repentance from sin But uh, he's not only saying uh, that you need to repent. He's saying you need to be baptized Listen Acts chapter 2 verse 38 Peter said unto them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 says that those who gladly, say the word gladly, they gladly received His word, they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Once again, we cannot say that we are serious about following Jesus unless we also take seriously the commandment to be baptized in water. We can see this pattern again and again throughout the early church, the history in the book of Acts. Acts 8, verse 12, They believed Philip when he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Acts 9, verse 18, Immediately, here's the Apostle Paul uh, when he still Saul, the Christian killer God has knocked him off of his horse, and he goes blind for a time. The brother Ananias has to pray for him, and it says this, Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight at once, and he arose, and then what? He was baptized. So even Saul was in need of water baptism. Acts 10, verse 47 can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts 16:15, when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, "If you've judged me to be faithful, come to my house and stay. Immediately all in his family were baptized. Acts 18 verse 8, Crispus, ruler of the synagogue, believing on the Lord with a, his household many of the corinthians hearing believed and were baptized so tonight do you believe in jesus then what hinders you from being baptized what hinders you from being baptized you cannot read the new testament without also understanding this issue of being baptized in water is a central part of your decision to be serious about your calling to follow jesus to be serious now what we don't want to do today is we don't want to push water baptism on people who shouldn't be baptized because there's a very fine line there isn't there and so baptism is for people who are saved who are right with God who want to live for him and want to please our father but water baptism isn't for everybody it's only for those who are saved who are right with God I'm not a preacher who's gonna you know Who's going to say, you, come here off the street. I don't know who you are, but get over here and get baptized. No. I'm going to preach the gospel to them first. I'm going to pray God changes their hearts so that they want to be baptized in water as a response to what God has already done in their lives. We see this pattern in the New Testament that over and over again, every one of these scriptures that I just mentioned, that water baptism comes after salvation, not not baptism first and then salvation. This is why we don't practice infant baptism like some church traditions do. I understand that there are some interesting reasons why, uh, for example, in Roman Catholic Church, that they, uh, maybe you've seen this, that they will have a special service where they were baptized little babies and they will sprinkle some water on their heads and they will, uh, uh, we, th- they will say that this is, this, is, th- this is their baptism. You know the problem with that is? I don't see it in there what we see in the New Testament again and again is we see salvation and then we see baptism in water it is only for those who are already right with God and so uh, so let's look at a little bit more what does baptism mean as I mentioned a little bit it's not just enough to go swimming for a church service that's not water baptism I like to go swimming just as much as anybody else But just a dip in the pool is not the same as what we're talking about tonight. See, water baptism is not something that you can do on your own. Water baptism is what is known as a sacrament of the church. It is something holy. It is set apart. It is one of only two things that the church is supposed to be doing uh, on a regular basis. Do you know what that is? Water baptism and the Lord's Supper. Those are the two things that the church is commanded to do. Together, uh, this is not for individual believers. This uh, This is an act of the church together gathering to celebrate the new life, the new creation that Jesus is creating in you. And so water baptism, again, is this physical symbol of a spiritual reality that's already happening inside your heart. What is the truth? that is happening in water baptism well there's a few things we could talk about in one way water baptism is in essence a funeral who died the old you is dying water baptism is saying goodbye to the old you the you the version of you that wants to live in sin we're saying goodbye I don't want you around here anymore We are laying to rest that old man, the one that wanted to go to hell. We're letting him leave. And we want a new person to arise out of the water in his place. Water baptism is the death of the sinful version of you. It is a funeral. It is an act of faith which we are testifying to, both to God and to the witnesses that are present, That that old person is now dead and buried. And that person that comes up out of the water is a new creation in Christ. This is beautifully illustrated throughout the New Testament. Romans 6 verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Say the word death. That like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Does that make sense to anybody? That we look to our Savior as an example. The Apostle Paul says, just like Jesus, His body went into the tomb for three days. And when He came out, He was a new creation. Resurrected forever in the image of God. The prototype for all of us. And we, when we're being baptized in water, we are identifying with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what it means. Being baptized, Colossians 2, verse 12, we were buried with Him in baptism. Then we can also be risen with Him through the faith of the operations of God who has raised Him from the dead. Let me just remind you tonight that baptism, being baptized in water is not just a nice option that's on the table. It's a commandment from God. It's one that you should take seriously. And before you uh, go on to other things, as already mentioned, this is, this is priority number one. Mark 16, verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. So think about that for a second. The call to salvation is not just to believe it's to believe and be baptized they're treated as one event in the scripture you never read in the new testament you never read about an unbaptized christian and i would love for you to point one out to me in the scriptures i'd love for you to find that you're going to have a hard time finding one because there isn't one (laughs) there's no such thing as an unbaptized believer In the Bible so then why is it that we have so many unbaptized believers in the church and the reason is because deep down somewhere there are people who don't want to be baptized because there is a spiritual problem there's an unwillingness to surrender to the Lord Jesus I'm not again I'm not about twisting people's arms I don't want to force anybody to do something they don't want to do I want to see people who are they have a desire to serve God then what hinders you from being baptized well you know I'm going to be embarrassed well yeah sometimes it's embarrassing to do the right thing now Jesus was embarrassed probably when he went to the cross and shed his blood so that we could be saved we don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks.
0: All right, we've got a special promotion for the faithful listeners of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Here's the deal, Jack. (laughs) We're taking an impact team to Pastor Paul and Deanna Alvarez in Lima, Peru. (laughs) They let us know that they need some equipment. We'd like to give you a chance to help us buy them a new iPad and a new smart TV for their children's church. Our goal is to raise $1,000 for these items, and we think you'd like to help. So here's what we're offering. So here's what we came up with, guys. When you
1: donate $30 or more to this fund, uh, you're going to get a six-month subscription to the premium podcast at no additional cost. And when you donate $50 or more, then we're going to give you a full year. How about that? Yeah. You'll get all the benefits of our premium sermon podcast, which means daily sermons, interruption-free listening, and zero commercials. We'll get new subscribers out of it, and Pastor Alvarez will get some new equipment to help with what God is doing there. Uh, We think
0: it's a win, win, win. (laughs) Uh, This promotion will only last until our Impact Team, which is happening toward the end of June, so don't miss this opportunity. But wait, Pastor Adam, Dave, what if, what if I'm already
1: a premium subscriber? I'm so glad you asked. Well, so we are going to pass to you, those of you who are already paying for a subscription, we can give you a gift subscription that you can pass on to somebody else out
0: there who always wanted to subscribe but never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. So all of the links will be in the show notes. And we look forward to being a blessing to you and to Pastor Paul in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys.
1: What hinders you from being baptized? The first thing that the Apostle Paul is told to do is to be baptized. There are so many examples that we could look at in the Bible, but what it really is, it is an identification that the old man is dying, the new person is rising to a new life with Christ. It is also a certain kind of identification. How many of you have an ID that you carry on you? You have a driver's license, or maybe if you don't have a driver's license, you have some kind of state ID. This is required for people to have, to have you know, legal, legal identification, so that if, if the police stop you, they say, let me see your ident- identification, right? And you show them, this is who I am. It identifies you with the proper authorities. Well, I will tell you, how are we identified in spiritual things? Baptism is a mark. It is a stamp. Of God's approval on our lives we are making a statement to the world to our families to our church our brothers and sisters we're making a statement to anybody that is interested to know that I belong to Jesus that the old version of me is no longer alive and that I will now serve the Lord Jesus with all of my heart you know it's interesting that water baptism today at least in America is not that big of a deal. But in other places around the world, water baptism is a big deal. I remember hearing Pastor Richard Ruby give a testimony. He had been preaching at a, uh, at a Bible conference in China. And our, this was probably five or six years ago. Uh, and our fellowship at the time was thriving. Today, all of the Chinese missionaries have been kicked out. The Chinese churches are having a hard time. We really need to pray for them. But he, his testimony was that they gathered all the churches together. They had to go to a resort city in China to kind of get away from the large population centers because they didn't want you know, to have, uh, have the police spying on their conference and various things. And it was, uh, he said it was interesting to him because in their conference, they had one service where they performed water baptisms. They were bringing all their new converts to this Bible conference. And, uh, and so they had this, uh, this water baptism service. And he said he was amazed because the water baptism felt so militant. And he said that they would, they would come up on the stage and they would announce, so-and-so is about to be baptized. And they would all stand They go, yeah! And they would put them in the water, boom, boom. And they said, yeah! And it was like very militant and very exciting. Uh, and, and he said, and I realized why. Why was they so militant? He said, because in China, it's illegal to be a Christian. They were essentially putting a target on their foreheads for the rest of their lives that we are going to be marked as true believers, not believers of the fake Chinese Christian church, but Bible-believing Christians in China. That's illegal. They could be thrown in jail for being baptized. They were identifying themselves in front of the whole world. And so that, that took some guts, didn't it? In other places around the world, I remember when we were missionaries in Eastern Europe, I remember talking to Pastor Rick Buckles, who was, at the time, he was also a missionary in the nation of Turkey. I don't know if you know this, Turkey is not that friendly to Christians. They are supposed to have um, a a government that is open to all religions, but but the reality on the ground is that true believers, true Bible-believing Christians there is some real persecution that happens and he got to see a little bit of that while he was there so he would what his testimony was is that he would get people saved young Muslims and people who were disoriented from their faith and he would he would witness to people he would bring them to church and they would come in he would have a an English class and then you know what we do our missionaries they always sneak in the gospel to the English class and, uh, and people would believe the gospel they would receive Christ as their Savior and they'd be living for God for a little while, and Pastor Rick Buckles would show them in the Bible, see where it says all this stuff about water baptism? You know, that's your next step. That's the first step of obedience to Jesus. And all of a sudden, uh, all of the family, all of the, the, the school, all of the, the jobs, all of the people began to rise up when they had planned to be baptized in water. There was a powerful demonic resistance to water baptism. And it was amazing, he said, I could barely get anybody that was willing to be baptized in water. He said there was threats. He said, when I would have a young teenager who would get saved, and then we would set the date for water baptism, all of a sudden there would be threats coming in from all around, that the employer, the boss of their dad and their mom would say, if your child gets baptized as a Christian, you're fired. If your child gets baptized as a believer in Jesus, they're not going to go to that school that you want them to go to. And the threats would begin to rise. And he said the pressure was so much that very few people would ever get baptized in water. What does that tell you? There's something spiritual and supernatural about baptism in water. It is not only identifying you in front of your family and in front of the church and in front of local people. Who else does it identify? It identifies you as a follower of Jesus in the supernatural realm. That there is a definite uh, uh, demarcation, there is a separation when it comes to spiritual things. Listen to Colossians 2, verse 11. In Him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision, circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptized in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God Who raised him from the dead there is a supernatural identification that comes upon your life and may I also add right here that I have observed over the years that there is a far greater likelihood for people to live for God for the long term when they make the early decision to be baptized in water if this is something that is delayed it is put off it is It is not treated as something important. I've also seen many of those people eventually backslide. You take that for what it's worth. But tonight, let me give you this doctrinal statement about water baptism. We believe that water baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, according to the commandment of our Lord, is a blessed outward sign of an inward work. A beautiful and serious symbol that reminds us that even as our Lord died upon the cross, so we should think of ourselves now dead to sin, the old nature nailed to the cross with Him, and that even as He was taken down from the cross and buried, so also we are buried with Him by water baptism into His death, and that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the power of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. And this is where it becomes helpful for every believer whether you've been, uh, it's been 20 years or 50 years since you were baptized in water, the challenge still remains to walk in newness of life. That even though your water baptism might have been a while ago, guess what? We can still have the spirit of water baptism at work, putting the old man off, crucifying our flesh, and every day choosing to let the new man rise in his place. This is a wonderful picture. I want to close with this, with this illustration. The Bible says that the Old Testament and the stories that were contained in the Old Testament, that they were given for our instruction so that we can understand deeper truths of the things of God. And one, of the, one of the great pictures we have in the Old Testament is the picture of the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. It's a grand allegory of what the life of salvation looks like. And join me for a few minutes as we close tonight. So think of the connections. If we think of those children of Israel, that's us. And we think of Egypt as the life of sin. So those children of Israel, they were in bondage to Pharaoh and his army. And we once were sinners in the world. We were in bondage to the devil and all of his demons, weren't we? And the, de- devil had, uh, the Pharaoh had these cruel taskmasters that would whip these uh, slaves into submission. And guess what? The life of sin leads to a life also being whipped by devils into submission. For years, hundreds of years, the people prayed for a deliverer. And for maybe decades on this world... You were praying, somehow there was a deep part of you that felt emptiness, that cried out for a Savior. Eventually, God raised up the man, Moses, to be the deliverer, right? And also, uh, God raised up a deliverer for us. His name was Jesus. Through many mighty miracles, signs, and wonders, God performed in the land of Egypt to bring the people out of their bondage. You remember Do you remember how many, if you're saved here, you remember how many miracles that God did to bring you to the point that you could be rescued from your sins. How He led you and guided you and gave you revelation and you didn't deserve it. And yet God brought you to this point of salvation. Then, that wonderful picture of the Passover lamb that God speaks to His people and He says, In the night, there's going to come a spirit of death that's going to pass through the land of Egypt. And the only way that that spirit is going to pass over your house is if you take a lamb and you slaughter that perfect lamb, the one without spots or blemishes. You're going to take the blood. You're going to paint its blood over the doorposts of your house. And if that death spirit sees the blood of the lamb on the door of your house, it will pass over so that the spirit of death doesn't enter your home. Isn't it true tonight that we have a Passover lamb? It's no accident that Jesus, the perfect Son of God, was killed on Passover. That this was all a grand allegory, a grand picture, an illustration for us that His perfect blood could be applied to the door of your life and the spirit of judgment and death that you deserve will pass over your life, and you can have life forevermore because of the blood of the Lamb. But that's not the end of the story. The Bible says that as that death spirit passes through Egypt, that there was great mourning and weeping and wailing as the, as the land of Egypt was dealing with the consequences of their stubbornness and blasphemy against God and finally the Pharaoh's had enough and he says fine go get out of here I don't want to see you anymore take your take your uh, stuff and get out of here he lets the people go out of their bondage 400 years and in the same way the devil is forced to let go of the bondage of, of our slavery and we can walk into a newness of life but then the Bible says as they're going out that they come up against what the Red Sea. That they're just a, a, a day's journey outside of Egypt. And they come up against the Red Sea. Now imagine this. Uh, that they're up against, they're camping out next to the beach. Just like we're going to be tomorrow. And they're up against the water. And they look behind them. And what do they see? They see the Pharaoh and all of his armies. Somehow he's gotten bitter and twisted up in his heart. He said, I'm going to go slaughter them all. Guess what? When you get saved, the devil don't like it. He doesn't doesn't give up defeats, does he? The enemy will come after you and he will attack your life and he will strategize against you, won't he? Uh, We give this warning to new believers. Watch out because you might have never had problems with the devil before. Well, if you're serious about serving God, he's serious about attacking you. And they turn around and here comes Pharaoh with all of his armies. So you've got the Red Sea on one side. You've got the armies chasing after you in the other. And what does God say? Do not fear. Okay, I'm really trying to obey, Lord, but this is pretty scary because we got nowhere to go. We've been slaves for 400 years. We don't know how to fight. We're not warriors. We have no idea what to do next. God protects them. We know that God sends down a pillar of fire to stop the army. And in that moment, God says to Moses, what? He says, take your staff and put it in the water. And in that moment sea begins to part listen to this God will make a way for you where you see no way God will open the Red Sea for deliverance but what is this this is another picture the Bible says that as the waters were parted that the people there was probably two, close to two million of them there and they are walking the Bible says that they walked on the bottom of the sea they were walking on dry ground and on both sides of them, walls of water. That sounds pretty trippy. I love how they animated this And that uh, Prince of Egypt uh, DreamWorks animation movie. is pretty cool. But they're walking through, and they've got water here, and they got water there, and the dry ground on the bottom, and they're going through. What is this a picture of? Water baptism. God's holding back the forces of hell and giving them a chance to escape into their promised land now think of this as they make it through they get to the other side the pillar of fire is taken back up to heaven pharaoh begins to pursue and as they finally get out on the other side of the red sea all of pharaoh's armies are close to catching them and guess what happens god brings the water back down on top of their heads and so now imagine the scene there they are they're standing whoo they look behind them there's egypt in the distance There's all the armies of Pharaoh destroyed. Let me ask you, which direction are they going to go now? They're going to go forward into the purpose and the plan of God. See, what God was trying to show them is that I have destroyed the armies of your bondage. There is no longer anyone to hold you in bondage anymore. And even if they wanted to go back for a few garlics and a few onions, which they did, even if they wanted to go enjoy some of that good Egyptian food, they can't anymore. Their path back to Egypt has been destroyed. The only way they have to go now is forward into destiny and purpose. And that's going to be difficult, isn't it? It's going to be hard. They're going to walk into lands, a wilderness area where there's no water, no food. They're going to have to depend on God. That's hard. It's going to get worse from there. That after 40 years in the wilderness, they're going to go into a difficult place where there are giants in the land. They're going to have to fight for their cities that God is giving to them. But what I'm saying is they don't have any other choice. They're going to go forward into the purpose and the plan of God. This is the turning point. You know, yes, when they came out from Egypt, they were already saved. But God was bringing them to a new place. This is the, what water baptism means for us today it means that we're cutting off the way of life that we used to live that we're not going that direction anymore we're going to go forward into the purpose and plan of god is it going to be easy is your life going to be perfect will you never have another bad day Oh, of course not it's really the beginning of the hard times not the end of the hard times but i want to tell you their worst day in the wilderness oh was so much better Than their best day living as slaves is that true and even when they were complaining and even when they were playing the harlot against God and even when they were making idols I want to tell you at least they at least they weren't slaves back in Egypt this is what water baptism means for those of you who put your name on the list it means that the old life is now cut off I can't go back that way even if I wanted to and isn't this true what pastor Campbell says There's no such thing as a successful backslider. That there are those who have a true conversion experience and those who make the decision to be baptized in water and those who live for God for a certain amount of time but foolishly make decisions and go back to their old ways. But you know what? The life of sin doesn't have the same flavor. You've heard testimonies of people who try to go back to the bar. It's not fun anymore. You've heard testimonies of people who try to go back to the club and they look around and say, look at all these idiots and fools around me. It's not the same. There is not the same uh, flavor, not the same excitement, not the same fun that sin used to have. There's no appeal. Listen, when you get really saved, when you get really in the will of God, it ruins you for a life of sin. You'll never be satisfied doing anything else except serving the Lord Jesus. And it is cementing your future, your purpose, your path forward into the will of God. And with that, I'm praying that that is true for everyone who's being baptized, that it is making a path forward into the will of God for your life. And I'm praying that there might be someone else here tonight that you weren't serious about being baptized in water before tonight, but maybe now, maybe tonight, you realize that this is something that You need to be urgently pursuing. I have good news for you. Uh, You can be baptized in water tomorrow if you want to be. Amen. We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes for just a few moments tonight as we bring this service to a close. I'm so grateful.